Welcome to the Ship Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, March 22nd. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. So I've got a great prop bet for you gamblers out there. What will happen first, Brexit or a trade deal with China? And should we maybe include an option for none of the above? We got more mixed signals on the trade deal this week. They keep saying negotiations are going well, but then Trump said U.S. tariffs on China won't be lifted right away, even if a trade deal is reached soon. I almost feel like the political theater surrounding the trade deal is more valuable to the powers that be than any actual trade deal ever could be. And speaking of political theater, they have their own show going on over in the United Kingdom. This Brexit business is messier than a Hollywood divorce. The EU pushed back the deadline for the Brits to pack up and get out to April 12th. After that, we would have what they call a no-deal Brexit, which everybody says would be some kind of calamity. Theresa May said she welcomed the decision to delay Brexit, saying that lawmakers in the British Parliament now had clear choices about what to do next as if the choice between leave or leave wasn't clear enough. So there's your dose of political theater for today. As far as gold goes, it's still holding well above the $1,300 mark. The yellow metal hit a three-week peak after the Federal Open Market Committee meeting. I'll get to that in just a minute. Gold gave up some of those gains later in the day on Thursdays as stocks rallied. Right now, gold is trading around 1313 an ounce. Gold is up about one half percent on the week, and it's on track for its third consecutive weekly gain. Now, the stock market loves the Powell pause, which of course is the whole point. The Dow was up over 200 points on Thursday. As one analyst put it, there was a lot of profit taking in gold after yesterday's big jump, and investors went into equity markets. So, okay, the Powell pause. Don't worry. It's still on in spades. As you probably know, the FOMC met this week. The Fed came out even more dovish than a lot of people expected. The word of the day was patience. Jerome Powell emphasized that word during the most recent FOMC meeting. In fact, he's been using that word a lot over the last month or so. Patient. As expected, the Fed left interest rates unchanged. But what took some people by surprise is the fact that the Fed took any hikes for 2019 off the table. It even went a step further and projected just one rate hike in 2020. Now, I'm in complete agreement with Peter Schiff. I think by the time we get to 2020, the Fed is going to be cutting rates. Anyway, the Fed's post-meeting statement said, In light of global economic and financial developments and muted inflation pressures, the committee will be patient as it determines what future adjustments to the target range for the federal funds rate may be appropriate to support these outcomes. Quick side note on the muted inflation pressure mantra. The price of oil is spiking. It was over 60 bucks a barrel on Thursday. Energy prices are the one thing that has kept a lid on price inflation over the last couple of years. I'm going to go out on a limb and say rising oil prices are not good news if you're counting on low inflation, which I've said over and over again is a bunch of BS anyway, and I think most consumers out there know it. 
Anyway, during his post-meeting news conference, Powell said it may be some time before the outlook for jobs and inflation calls clearly for change in policy. Patient means that we see no need to rush to judgment. Now, stop and think for just a minute how fast all of this has turned. Talk about spinning on a dime. Just six months ago, Powell and company were talking about multiple rate hikes this year and balance sheet reduction was on autopilot. Now, despite all of the talk about normalizing its balance sheet and shrinking it back down to the size that it was before the 2008 financial crisis, the Fed didn't get anywhere close. So I don't know why it would shock anybody to think we might see rate cuts in the near future, given how fast the Fed has managed to pull a 180 on its monetary policy. In fact, I'm actually starting to see mainstream speculation about rate cuts. The other thing I'm seeing in the mainstream is a lot of cheerleading for the Fed. They act like this is exactly the right move. As Peter said, they're they're completely missing the real problem. The Fed isn't getting it right. What the Fed is doing just proves how wrong it got it in the past. The reason the Fed had to abort the tightening process prematurely is because it couldn't finish. It was impossible from the get-go. The reason it had to stop raising rates was because it couldn't keep raising them because we have too much debt. It was never a sustainable recovery. The central bank and the U.S. government blew up a great big ugly bubble on a pile of debt, and the air is coming out. That's why we've seen the sudden policy reversal. It was inevitable. And anybody who tries to tell you, hey, it worked, everything is normal now, well, they're nuts. Two and a quarter percent interest rates aren't normal. Peter used a great analogy in his podcast. He said it's like getting really, really drunk and then expecting to stay high after you quit drinking. It doesn't work like that. You have to keep consuming the alcohol. The Fed tried to cut the drunk off, and he ended up with a big hangover. So the tap is open once again. Reuters actually stumbled upon a truth. I ran across this tidbit when I was doing show prep this morning. Quote, the Federal Reserve's decisive statement this week that interest rates are unlikely to rise this year sends a signal to U.S. households. Keep buying stuff. End quote. So there you go. That's the plan. Keep spending even though you don't have any money. No worries. You can keep charging up those credit cards because, hey, we're going to keep interest rates low for you. As my friend Alan Mosley, host of the Gold Standard with Alan Mosley podcast, put it, yes, I know you're in irreparable debt. So are we. But keep buying stuff, plebs. So how is this going to work? Americans are already up to their eyeballs in debt. Americans owe over $1 trillion in credit card debt. Household debt is at record levels, and recent polling data indicates they aren't paying off those credit card balances anytime soon. According to a CNBC article, nearly half of Americans carry a balance on their credit cards. Of those, only 30% say they will be able to pay off that balance within the next year. So 70% of people with credit card balances say it's going to take them more than a year. About 27% say they will be able to pay off their balances in one to two years. 16% in two to three 8% say it will take three to four years, 5% estimate four to five years, and a full 7% say it will take them more than five years to wipe out their credit card debt. And another 8%, they weren't even willing to make an estimate. 
A credit card industry analyst told CNBC this is a big issue. That seems a little bit like an understatement to me. It's especially problematic given the increase in interest rates over the last couple of years. You know, as the Fed was normalizing things. Average credit card APR currently sits at 17.65%. At that rate, interest can quickly push high balances even higher and put consumers in a position where they can no longer make their payments. In fact, credit card delinquencies are on the rise. Flows into serious delinquency rose by 5% in Q4 2018. That's according to the most recent Fed data. This is almost certainly one of the unspoken reasons for the Powell pause. But it's not that the central bankers care about you and want you to get out of debt. No, no, no. Reuters is right. They want you to spend more. They want you to take on more debt. Your country needs you, friends. It needs you to buy crap you don't really need on credit so that you can keep the bubble inflated just a little bit longer. You know what's really sad? A lot of pundits claim that all of this credit card spending is good. They say it proves the economy is strong. Americans are willing to charge it because they have good jobs and good wages, and they know they can pay off those credit card bills. But do you know what the number one reason people gave for having high credit card balances? Buying groceries. Yes, groceries. Look, people aren't running up debt at the grocery store because their budget is flush with cash. You charge your groceries when you can't make ends meet. The truth is, the Fed is trying to feed the debt monster, and it wants you to pick up the tab. Now, All of this probably is going to be good for gold. In fact, I highlighted a report by the World Gold Council this week on the Shift Gold news page. It shows that historically, a shift from a tightening to a neutral policy has pushed the price of gold up. I'll link to that on the show notes page. If you want to learn more about how all of this will likely affect the precious metals market and how gold and silver can help protect your wealth in the mess that's certainly coming down the road, talk to a Shift Gold Precious Metal Specialist today. Just call 1-888-GOLD-160. Well, that's a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. And if you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap at iTunes or on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. Also, make sure, if you haven't done it already, you check out the latest It's Your Dime interview with libertarian car guy Eric Peters. And I'll be having another It's Your Dime interview coming out soon with William Green, whose claim to fame is voting in the Electoral College for Ron Paul in the 2016 election. He's also an expert on constitutional tender. That should be coming out in the next week or so. You'll find notes on the show notes page. And if you're listening on YouTube, please feel free to share your thoughts on this week's gold news in the comments section. We always love to hear what you have to say. So that is it for this episode. I appreciate you listening, and I'll talk to you next time.